Welcome to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and today we're going to talk about hyperbolic discounting, um, which sounds fancy, but all it really means is that you would rather have a smaller reward today than a bigger reward tomorrow, but in a weird way. So an example would be um, if I were to offer you $100 now, or I'll give you $110 in a day, most people would say, just give me the 100 bucks now. But if I say, you know what, I will give you $100 in 30 days, or I'll give you $110 in 31 days, most people will be like, you know what, I'll wait the 31 days, I'll take the $110, right? It's the same amount of time you're waiting, right? It's one day more to get 10 extra dollars for free. But if it's a matter of getting it right now, I'm like, forget, I, I can, I, I'd rather not have those $10 than to have to wait one day now, right? But if I have to wait one day a month from now, yeah, sure, that's fine. Because future Dave doesn't care, right? Until you actually get to future Dave, when future Dave's like, wait, what did you just do? So uh, it's hyperbolic, right? And the, the hyperbolic part comes from this idea that, like in rational economics, it should be exponential, like the amount of time you're willing to wait for things. Whereas behavioral economics, like what actually people do, um, it follows an actual hyperbolic curve. And you can look this up and see all the fancy math. But it's a very, very different phenomenon than you would expect if people were acting rationally. Another example is, would you prefer a dollar today or $3 tomorrow? Um, or would you prefer a dollar in one year or $3 in one year in a day? And I'm very proud to say that I asked my eight-year-old kid... Um, this exact like question asked him, would you prefer a dollar today or $3 tomorrow? And he was totally like, I'll take $3 tomorrow. Thank you. And I'm like, great. Okay. You'll be fine. Uh, but most people would prefer the $1 today. Um, and people who, who, who do this, right. Which is most people, the phrase they use is uh, present bias, which I love. Right. Um, it's just this idea that like, you're so focused on the present, um, that you kind of just discount tomorrow. Um, and the, the term hyperbolic discounting comes from uh, psychologist Richard uh, Herrnstein, to give credit where credit is due. Um, it has all sorts of sort of negative kind of outcomes, right? So you think about payday loans, which if you're not familiar with them, just Google payday loans sometime and prepare to be depressed. But it's this very predatory lending approach um, that kind of really screws people over where they'll basically get the money um, that they will be getting from their paycheck in like a week or two weeks now, but at this incredibly high interest rate, so that by the time they get their um, they get their uh, payday, they, by the time they get their paycheck, they're already kind of underwater. So, um, but it's that same psychology of look, I need the money now, or I want the money now. And of course, this is more pronounced in economically depressed communities and vulnerable communities where they sometimes do need the money right now. Um, and hyperbolic discounting just makes that even worse. So it's very hard to invest. Um, it's just it's interesting. There are some kind of apps that I think uh, O'Reilly Media is uh, is helping um, create studies around. But uh, basically, that will take your paycheck and just on your behalf, like delay some of it for you, because you you may in fact recognize that you have this you know uh, bias and you want to sort of combat it before you even get to it. And that's how a lot of things like IRAs work, right? They sort of move the money out before and, and make it so that you can't access it um, because you know uh, you recognize that you're you're vulnerable to this bias and that if you get the chance to spend it today, you'll spend it today. And and that's another thing too, right? Retirements, like we're a country with incredible you know credit card debt, um, but very poor savings because credit card debt is all about now. Like if I can, I can spend the money now or get the thing now and then I don't have to pay till later, fine, great, I like that. Versus, oh, I don't actually 
get anything for the money for a hundred, no, a hundred, um, for, uh, feels like a hundred for like, you know, 30 years, 40 years, screw that. I'd rather buy this thing now and, and actually incur more debt. Um, and it's that hyperbolic, um, discounting again, kind of working against you. Um, other ways this pops up, uh, is just the notion of, right, get rich quick schemes, right? That's why they're so appealing versus like wise investment, which is a much more reliable <laughs> way to make money or to, um, to ensure your future success, but get rich now is much more appealing. Um, you also see this in health outcomes, right? So healthy eating is hard because the benefits of healthy eating don't come for weeks, for months, for years, right? The benefits of that chocolate cake, of that bowl of Lucky Charms, and I am victim to this myself, right? That comes right now. I'm going to feel good right now if I eat that chocolate cake. I'm not going to feel good for months, you know, uh, and I'm going to feel very bad during those months, right, if I try to exercise more, if I try to eat healthier. Um, so that's why healthy eating is a very hard sell. Um, same thing with drug addiction, right? Um, and I'm not even talking hard drugs. I'm talking like cigarettes, right? And again, I can speak from experience. I smoked for 10 years. Like that cigarette now is going to feel so much better than not, you know, coughing up a lung 10 years from now. Um, uh, gambling addiction, they've seen some correlation there as well. Um, so there was a study around this one surgery, uh, coronary artery bypass graft surgery, which will fix your heart problem, like, in the short term, but if you don't continue to live healthy after that, you are going to die. And, like, 90% of the people in the study did not live any healthier afterwards, and they had terrible outcomes. Um, it's just a really hard thing to get over. Um, and I'm going to ask the, the Seinfeld fans among you to kind of confirm this for me, but I feel like there was an episode of Seinfeld where he's talking about, like, present Jerry and future Jerry, and present Jerry making decisions, like, you know, getting really drunk and giving future, Harry, uh, future Jerry a hangover, you know, where future uh, Jerry would say, like, oh, uh, past Jerry or present Jerry is a jerk, right? Um, I think that's how it went. But anyway, commonly recognized, right? Um, now, how this came about, one sort of evolutionary psychology theory is to say that back in the day, right, if you're a hunter-gatherer and you see food, you don't wait to eat that food thinking maybe there's some better food down the line. No, you eat it now because you don't know where your next meal is coming from, right? Um and in a weird sort of way, that's how you can see this being really pernicious in, you know, depressed communities where maybe you really don't know where your next meal is coming from. And that's, you know, why payday loans can be so, um, so effective. But, um, but the idea is that, you know, this evolved as a cognitive bias because if you were living, you know, hand to mouth, um, you've got to take what you get right now. You cannot think about the future because you don't know if you have a future. Um, if, however, you at least get to a middle-class existence, right, where you're, there, it is possible to save money, it is possible to um, uh, do all these things that present better outcomes, you're not actually going to be inclined to do it because your evolutionary brain hasn't caught up with your circumstances. Um, and that, by the way, is the story of almost all cognitive bias, right? All these things that are so pernicious were, in fact, super useful at one time, but maybe they're now getting in the way. Um and I'm curious, you know, when I think about this in my own life or like I've talked to friends, you know, in the context of like much less bad stuff like uh, uh, binge watching, right? Like how you watch television now. I know people who will hear about a really good show, but what they'll do is they'll say, you know what? I will wait until it's the whole season is available on Netflix so I can binge watch it rather than have to sit there and wait week by week for the next episode. It's this weird sort of inverse but kind of the same version of hyperbolic discounting, right? Where it's like, I'm willing to wait, right? But I'm willing to wait because I'm not willing to wait, right? <laughs> like, I'm willing to wait so that the experience of watching the show involves no waiting. 
Um, so I find that kind of fun. Um, and, you know, there's hope, right? There's sort of studies that show um, uh, that there's sort of ways to combat this, right? So the, there are studies of grit, um, just as a sort of psychological phenomenon, this notion that, you know, uh, being able to sort of persevere and, like, what are the common commonalities of people who are good at persevering in difficult situations or who are really good at not, you know, um, displaying hyperbolic discounting. So there's an experiment where you take a kid and you put a marshmallow in front of them, like literally in front of them in a room and say, look, if you can wait, like, I don't know if it's like a minute, three minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. If you can wait, you know, one minute and not eat this marshmallow in three minutes, we will give you two marshmallows, right? Or three marshmallows. It's something like that. And of course, most kids are like, screw that. I'm gonna eat the marshmallow. However, the kids who were able to wait like, they had these commonalities. One of them was this ability to sort of basically think about other things. <laughs> they were really good at distracting themselves. So they would sing a song. They would do something else. But they, they were really good at distracting themselves. Because part of the problem with hyperbolic discounting is how near the, the immediate reward seems, right? If you can make the immediate reward not seem so close or just remove it from your mind, you know, out of, out of sight, out of mind, your odds of sort of overcoming hyperbolic discounting improve. So if this is something you're dealing with, you know, that might be a good first approach. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. I'm David Dylan Thomas, and we'll see you on the Cognitive Bias podcast next time. Thanks.